Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Cool Down. Today is September 2nd, 2022, and I rode diesel for 50 minutes today, despite it being super hot. There was a bit of a breeze, so made it feel less hot, but hot nonetheless. Um, yeah. One thing I wanted to touch on just before, I feel like I'm going to make this a thing where I like say, I need to touch on something that came up yesterday because, you know, like I sit and I don't know, I'm driving in my truck or whatever. And then things just pop into my mind that I should have mentioned. So what I wanted to mention today that came up yesterday was I follow a Rainer trainer on Instagram and YouTube. He's here in Canada. He's training in Chilliwack, BC. His name is Jim Greendike. And Jim has actually been, he's been killing it on social media lately. So if you haven't, I definitely recommend going and checking out his Instagram and his YouTube. It's Jim Greendike. And I think he's had an influx in followers the last little bit here. So he put up a post yesterday, just kind of doing like a introduction to him. Just a quick, hey, this is me. And one of the things he noted on that post was that he didn't start riding until he was 17 years old. And now, I don't know how old he is now, judging by how he looks. I don't think he's 40. I'm a terrible judge at age, so I, I have no idea how old he is, but he's not that old. And he's a full-fledged reigning trainer in Chilliwack. And I messaged him. I was like, hey, that's super cool that, or super interesting anyways, that you uh, didn't start riding horses until you were 17. That's really inspiring or whatever word you want to use to someone like me who didn't come from a horse family. And so that's just something I wanted to touch on today. I did not come from a horse family. My dad's side of the family, no interaction at all with horses. My mom had a horse when she was 17, I think, for a very, very brief period of time. But basically on that side of the family, no horse experience at all. I begged and pleaded my parents to buy me a horse. And when I was 10, we bought a horse. And so I got a horse when I was 10, but it was very sporadic riding until a few years later when I got into 4-H and all that sort of a thing. But yeah, I did not come from a horse background. And it's just, yeah, inspiring to see someone like Jim who did not come from that kind of background either. Because if you ask the majority of horse trainers, and I don't care whether they train rainers, they train barrel racers, they train jumpers, they train dressage, whatever, most of them, the majority of them will have come from some sort of horse background, whether you know, like an uncle or their parents, lots of them, their parents were trainers. And it's like literally just the profession getting handed down. They've all 
had some something. And if they didn't come from a horse family, lots of them ended up, like, for whatever reason, getting into lessons at a young age and, you know, just started riding horses young. It's very, very rare for someone to start riding at basically adulthood and go on to be a professional trainer. So first off, just props to Jim for that because I know that it's not easy. You are, you have a bit of an uphill journey. Like even coming from a horse family, you would have an uphill journey in getting established in the horse industry as a trainer, but just not having that backing of a family with that depth of knowledge, it makes it that much harder. So just props to Jim on that. And, you know, I do not have ambitions to be a horse trainer at all. I have a very good job outside of horses that allows me the luxury to have horses and have free time where I can do whatever the heck I want with my horses. But it's, I do have goals with my horses, right? Like I want to be a very, very good rider. I want to be a good rainer, both in terms of being able to train my own horses and in terms of competing as a rainer. And so just to see Jim come that far from where he started is just very cool. So just wanted to give him a bit of a shout out. He's also putting really good content out on Instagram and YouTube. So if you just search Jim Greendike, he'll pop up. I definitely suggest giving him a follow and I'll link his stuff in the show notes to this episode. So just wanted to touch on that before we started into my ride summary. So today we rode for 50 minutes. My objectives today on my sticky note, I wrote transitions, half pass, rollbacks. And I put a little smiley face beside that because rollbacks, if I had to pick one maneuver to do for the rest of my life on a horse, it would be rollbacks. And I also wrote snowman exercise, which I will explain. So again, like always, we start like we always do, got on. I didn't do the in-hand turn on the haunches today. I was just, I just felt like getting on, so I got on. So we start with our walk, and then I went right into trotting, asking for roundness, and I actually started doing transitions right away in our warm-up. So I would have him asking him for roundness in the trot, break down to a walk, pick up your jog again with roundness. And right away I saw like, yeah, like I noticed yesterday, like this is going to take some work. I have not spent much time on it, so I should expect that it's going to take some work. So just getting him, I found towards the end of the segment of my ride, he was getting better, keeping his head down and maintaining that roundness. He's... He really hollows out when we drop down to a walk, but he's also not great when we go up into the jog. Um, so if we need to work on it both ways and it's just going to take repetition, repetition. And then into the lope, I found, again, as we worked on it, it got a little bit better, but I found that he gets, feels like he gets jammed up. Like we're almost going to like start doing like the, I don't even know what the dressage movement is where they kind of like 
flit around in place. Is that a pee-off? I think that's a pee-off. I, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, it feels like we're going to do that. Like he starts getting really slow. His head comes up and yeah, I need to just as a rider work on driving him into his headset and getting him to use himself, but we will work on that. Then we did some haunches in, moving into half pass. I will say the half pass was not as good as it was yesterday, and that's okay. Um, I'm asking him for a little bit more now, like really getting on the diagonal and moving diagonally, which that's hard. And especially if, you know, not that long before that, I was asking for roundness and for him to really use his hind end. Like, that alone asks a lot for a horse if they're not used to it. It's, you know, asking them to really use their body, use their muscles. And if you work out, you know that, like, if you ha have just, I don't know, what's a good example? Let's say you did um, barbell rows. So you're pulling a bar, like you're slightly bent over and you're pulling a bar to your body. So that's the main movement is your back. But as a result of pulling the bar, your bicep, biceps also get worked. So, and then if you go to like do bicep curls, you're obviously going to be able to do less. So it's kind of the same thing here where I've just asked him to be really round and use his body. And now I'm asking him to half pass, which also requires muscles of a similar degree. So it's a lot to ask. So, and that's just going to come with, you know, as he gets stronger and older and just more developed, that'll come. Um, so I wasn't too concerned that the half pass wasn't quite as good as it was yesterday. That's fine. And even if he wasn't muscularly fatigued, and maybe that wasn't the reason that they weren't as good, like he's learning. Some days you're going to have good days. Some good days you're going to have bad days. There wasn't anything really terrible today. I just had a bit more of a struggle trying to keep that curve to in the direction of travel. He was wanting to tip his nose to the outside a bit on me. So, and I think now that I think about it, part of that might've been my bad, just asking for a bit too much bend altogether, which that doesn't help the situation. And then after that, we did rollbacks. Now, when I was doing fencing yesterday, I kind of combined rollbacks with that. So I would fence and then I would stop and then I would do a rollback and lope off to do a, a fencing stop in the other on the other side. So we kind of did rollbacks yesterday with our fencing session. So he was already a bit like, ooh, I know what this is about. And I definitely had some snappier rollbacks today. And I definitely had some moments where I felt him like push off with his hind end and I could feel his back rounding and like pushing and using off and get going into that loop. That is very cool. And that is why I love rollbacks because they just feel so cool. And when you get it right, they just, you can just feel that spring underneath you. It is a very cool feeling. <laughs> As if you cannot tell that I just love rollbacks. So we did that for a bit. JP at his clinic taught that you do a rollback, you stop, and then you let your horse sit for a bit. So we did that. 
And then a really good Cody Jinx song came on my playlist. And it's a song that really gets me jacked up. And I was like, okay, we're just going to go back and forth quick a few times. So we would roll back, lope off, stop, roll back right away, roll, lope off, stop, like doing it without stopping and taking a rest. It's not going to kill him to do that a couple times. It was fine. If anything, for a horse that is as laid back as he is, it's probably okay to do the more quick stuff like that once in a while just to wake him up a little bit. So we did that. And then the snowman exercise. So going back to our friend Amelia Newcomb, another YouTube channel shout out. She is a dressage rider and she has a thing called the snowman exercise. So if you imagine a snowman, you're going to have a big circle on the bottom and a smaller circle on top for his head. So just two circles. You would have like a 20 meter circle and a 10 meter circle. And what she does is she lopes the big circle. So say she's loping to the right. And then when she gets to the intersection of those two circles, she drops to a trot and trots the small circle to the left. So there's a there's a gate change and a direction change at the middle. And she says that helps with transitions. And I believe she also uses it in conjunction with teaching lead changes. So this is actually a really good way to kill two birds with one stone for us. It's gonna help our transitions and eventually help our lead changes. So we did that. I found by this point he was tired and he definitely would rather stop than continue loping. So it wasn't great. I'll probably add it to my list again tomorrow, but just do it sooner on in our ride and just, yeah, continuing to work on those transitions because that's definitely something I want to work on. I am not happy with him putting his head up every time I ask him to change gates. Uh, not a pretty look and just not athletically functional either. So definitely need to work on that. Um, his, I mentioned yesterday that his shoulder felt really underneath me. I did not feel that today. If anything, it was kind of back to being outside of our circle. So I was going to hold off on doing any lateral movements for a little bit, but I think I just need to continue doing it. I think yesterday was just an off, oh, a, a, a one-shot day where he was really moving that shoulder over by himself. So, and it's just going to add to our rides. Like, but there's just so many things I want to do in our rides between now transitions, moving laterally, all those things. And that's why it's so important to ride consistently because there is no way you can get anywhere with your training if you're not riding your horse consistently and for decent amounts of time every day too. It's just, especially with a young horse, there's just so many things to work on. So, um, yeah, just one day at a time, right? That's all you can do. So, and that was pretty much our ride. Yeah. So I will, again, put the link to Jim Greendike's information in the show notes. I'll put Amelia Newcomb's stuff in 
the show notes. She is having a free webinar tomorrow on contact and collection or on Sunday. I think it's on Sunday. But you need to sign up. I'm signed up and I'm really excited for it. I think it's noon Pacific Standard Time on Sunday, September 4th, I think. She's releasing a new course, I believe. And yeah, exciting things from her. So, you know, obviously I don't do dressage. I am a rainer, but I have learned a ton from Amelia. So if you have not checked her out, definitely recommend doing that. Check out Jim Greendike. Always like to support other people in the raining industry and in Canada as well, which is super cool. What am I grateful for? I am grateful. I'm just going to say that my horses are so healthy. Like I'm looking at Diesel right now and he's literally glistening. And I haven't washed him since our last show, which was, when was that? Back in July? And he does not have Shoshin on. He's, yeah, he is shining. And so is Junior. Like, when they're out in the sun, they are just sparkling. So I am very happy that they are both super healthy and just happy ponies. And my statement for today, Diesel and I will get flying lead changes on both sides. We are keeping it because I am going to make it happen. And that is it. I'm not sure on riding this weekend. Diesel is up for a break. He definitely needs a break on Sunday for sure, but it might be tomorrow. I'm going to see which of the two days is going to be hotter until I'll give him the hotter day off. And yeah, so we'll see when that is. Um, and yeah, until next time, remember, it's always a good day to ride.